Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. I'm your host, Lynn. Welcome back, I'm Dimitri. <laughs> Hi everyone. Hello. Oh, I'm asking you a question. <laughs> uh, today's question is, what makes sushi delicious? Tough question. <laughs> because it's sub- very subjective <laughs> i don't know if it's subjective i think it, it can be an objective question um but it really depends what you consider sushi right mm, so the raw fish on the vinegar rice so you, you brought up the vinegar rice which is basically what sushi is oh like, sushi is vinegar rice it's vinegar to rice. no fish fish not included oh um so sushi Nowadays, the terminology means vinegared rice. So anything that is on vinegared rice can be considered sushi. Oh. Sashimi, not sushi. No vinegar rice. Oh. Okay. So um, so if I put a piece of cake, very sliver, small piece you've of cake, just made on, cake on, sushi on su- on like vinegar rice. It's yeah. In, in fact, tamago, the the omelet, it's basically that full egg cake. Egg cake. Egg cake. That tastes uh, like French toast. It does taste like French toast. <laughs> like cold French toast. It's weird. Um, I guess the same ingredients. Uh, whatever. Um, so, what makes sushi good? Uh, I think it really depends on having good vinegared rice. Like, you can't have something that is super vinegary, yet... You can't have something that's just plain rice either, right? You have to have a good balance. Right. And this is just to clarify, it's your opinion, right? Oh, definitely. (laughs) This is me as a non-Japanese, extra white uh, person that is picky about their sushi. So, yeah, that disclaimer aside, um, sushi. What makes good sushi? I think the rice has to be warm. It has to be... Something that has not been refrigerated still technically counts as sushi if you refrigerate it. But yeah, sushi. I mean, you said vinegar rice, cold yep, or exactly. hot. Uh, but that doesn't make good sushi. I think. I think good sushi has to be like warm rice. Um, I think. I mean, if you put cold rice in your the palms of your hand and you just play around with it a little bit, it will become warm. You mentioned that. That reminds me of like super, something super sexist that Japan loves to kind of spread. Uh, they said that women cannot make sushi because their hand body temperature is not at the right temperature. Too high. Yeah, too to high compared to men or something. Um, so the rice doesn't come out uh, right. I don't believe that at all. I need to put that out there. Japan, although I like it a lot, has some deep problems. Um, that is one such very deep problem. Uh, moving on uh, a little bit. Uh, do check out a very cool movie called West Side Sushi. About oh, yeah. one such person that does not fit the mold of the ideal sushi chef wanting to become a sushi chef. Very nice movie. Um, so what makes good sushi? The rice needs to be warm. It needs to be well vinegared. Um, we go to a place where the rice falls apart when you lift it up. That is a problem. I would say it needs to stick together. We do? A certain amount. Yeah. When we go to the fancy place. Oh. 
the the rice it always falls apart on it, us. It doesn't matter. I think because they don't use wasabi. Maybe. Um, so that that's like one one tent pole of what makes good sushi. Okay. The next tent pole of what makes good sushi. What's uh, a tent pole? A, a thing that holds up a tent. Oh, okay. So you need a certain amount of them, otherwise the tent just falls apart. Okay, so moving on to second pole. Second pole. Uh, your ingredients. Uh, your ingredients got to be good. Uh, I don't mean that they have to be fresh, uh, because turns out not all sushi is fresh. Um, now you mean not all fish is fresh? Yeah, not all fish is fresh. Uh, a lot of fish is actually treated in such a way. I don't want to say treated. It's aged. It's aged in such a way uh, where it brings out flavors in different ways than others. Um, like some fish, you might say, "Oh, this did not. This was straight from the the animal." Uh, but like they used a torch or hot water on the skin to loosen it up. Like if you don't do those types of things, the fish becomes a rubbery mess, uh, for lack of a better word. Rubbery delicious mess. A rubbery delicious mush. Um, <laughs> so uh, a lot of prep needs to actually go into that to really make it something uh, that works. Um, and this is different for every kind of fish. Um, now, I used to also believe that uh, sushi was prepared in such a way that you can only cut in one direction to not bring any bacteria from the outside of, of the skin to the inside flesh, and that's what keeps it safe for human consumption and all that. Turns out, uh, none of that is true. Um, but what is true is uh, the bacteria is not so much the problem as long as it didn't sit out for... Ever. Like you don't when I say fresh, you do want it to be fresh. You want it to be well handled. You want someone who knows what they're doing. Um you don't want to leave fish out on a warm summer day and then eat it. That's not gonna end in a good time. Oh no? Oh no. <laughs> um but the the biggest issues that come from eating sushi and getting like food poisoning is actually parasites. Uh parasites are a big problem. Turns out the oceans are full of both fish and parasites. Uh, so you need to be very careful if you're a sushi chef of what you're serving. Now, uh, some restaurants, apparently they will kind of pick out parasites and serve you the fish. Others will throw out that fish. What? If, How big are the parasites? Well, the ones you see are they're like, not, they're not microscopic. The ones you can't see are microscopic, Ew. which means that they end up in you. Ew. Okay. So be careful which restaurant you're going to. Uh, make sure that they care as much as you care, um, because, like... How, how do you know they care? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we'll get to how do you know that you care, how do you know they care uh, in a bit, because there are some ways that you can kind of suss it out, um, but try to, try to make sure, if you're preparing sushi at home, don't buy raw fish and just serve it. Uh, there are certain things that you want to definitely be sure of. Namely, that you're getting fish that is either uh, hard for parasites to eat, namely tuna. The reason why tuna is eaten pretty much around the world raw is because it doesn't get parasites for the most part. You can't make generalities. Um, but it's a very safe fish to eat raw because it's free of parasites. The same goes for beef. If you've ever wondered why people enjoy their rare steaks, free of parasites. Pork, chicken... Not free of parasites, depending on where in the U.S. Uh, you eat it. Um, now, parasites, not a problem if you cook it. 
we cook fish all the time. We don't check them for parasites. That's because when you cook the thing, the parasites also die and it becomes free protein. Not an issue. Oh, now that I know the parasites can be as big as like... Oh, look, this big. You don't... They're also very hard to tell apart from the flesh. So, again, free protein. Mm. <laughs> I, I love salmon and I... I uh... Okay. Other things to keep in mind. Pacific salmon, full of parasites. Don't eat that raw. Uh, Atlantic salmon, that's farm-raised with feed that is parasite-free. Parasite-free. Mm. Who'd have thunk? Uh, that, that's how it works. If you don't eat food with parasites in it, you don't end up with parasites. Um, and that goes for the salmon and you. <laughs> so, uh, one, you need to have good rice. Two, as a second temple, you need to know what you're doing with your ingredients. So if that's fish, you need to know what you're doing with your fish. Um, how to prepare each fish in a way that kind of brings it out significantly. I grew up eating a uh, red snapper and not really caring for it because... By itself, red snapper with soy sauce is okay. Sometimes a little chewy, depending on, like, how it's prepared. Sometimes it can be excellent. Sometimes it can be not that great. But red snapper with a little bit of salt and lemon, no soy sauce, tastes delicious. Depending you mean, on... like, as sashimi, as raw? Yeah, as raw. Okay. I was like, you grew up eating red snapper? How? When? No, yeah. like at sushi. Oh, sorry. Um... So that's the second temple. Uh, third temple. Temple. <laughs> temple. The temple of sushi. Uh, third temple. Uh, I, I guess I don't really have a third temple. Um, <laughs> then your you just need falling. these two things. You need good rice and good ingredients, uh, and knowing what you're doing with your ingredients. And somebody to appreciate it. That's the third temple. Yeah, and somebody to appreciate it because it's a two-way conversation between the chef and you. Uh, and apparently the travel between chef to kitchen to server to you really ruins that experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I mean that both jokingly and a little seriously. If you ever get a chance, if you've never had a chance to have good sushi and you've never eaten at the bar before, that might be why you've never had good sushi. Because by the time everything travels, the rice is no longer warm. Um, and we tend to think of sushi as this cold food because it's at the supermarkets and stuff like that. Oh, that's disgusting. It tastes much better warm. Mm -hmm. The whole experience is meant to be eaten, like, as soon as it comes off of the chef's hands. Steamy from their palm, palmy flesh, fleshy palms. Uh, palmy Essence fleshes. de chef. Huh? Essence de chef. Essence de chef. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, we forgot to say that for the mommy fish sauce. Oh, essence de Liline. <laughs> it's a secret ingredient. Uh, in any case, um, what was I saying? That completes oh. our French lesson for today, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we are way off, off topic. Uh, so, off trout. We're off very off trout. <laughs> yeah, we don't have much trout lately. Uh, any case, uh, the travel of that piece of sushi between like different parts of a restaurant it can sit a little bit every little bit it loses its warmth the fish oils start to melt before they get to like your mouth like a lot of the fats in chutoro or otoro uh actually melt in your mouth mm -hmm. like the fat will liquefy um and you want to control that as the chef as much as possible so that's why you kind of prepare it at the right temperature so that way by the time the customer eats it they get the best experience out of that. 
yes, it still tastes good without that as the best experience, but it can be even better. Yeah. And that's what you're really paying for when you go to these really fancy places, assuming they know what they're doing. I don't know what fancy place you're thinking of, so I can't comment on that. But uh, if you do find a good place, they will take care to keep all those different pieces in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the reason why there's a difference between sitting at a bar and sitting at the table is that at the bar, you order, like, you put in an order when you're ready with a chef, and then mm-hmm. they'll make it. So it's always fresh, or at mm-hmm. least fresh enough that you can enjoy it. Yeah. Whereas at the bar, at the table, you fill out the entire menu, the entire slip of paper. Meanwhile, you're hungry, so you and fill then, out a lot. And then that paper goes for the chef, but of course, they have to make everything on that sheet of paper mm-hmm. does that make sense so then by the time that she is finished you have one thing is fresh but the first yeah, thing is no longer exactly because you waited quite some time mm-hmm. for them to complete the entire order mm-hmm. whereas sitting at the bar you do one at a time mm-hmm. yeah um okay so you asked before how can you tell right. right um there are some ways that you can tell one thing to know is seaweed like good seaweed it is not oh. stringy. It just instantly breaks. It is crispy. It has a pleasant aroma. Uh, and it matches very well with the vinegared rice. Mm-hmm. If the first thing that the restaurant serves is seaweed hidden by rice, meaning the rice is on the outside of the roll, and that's like all they have all over their menu, they're not proud of their seaweed. Their seaweed is going to be mushy. It's going to fall apart. And you're not going to have that experience of biting into that crispy fresh seaweed ever because it's always going to get soggy on the inside of that roll i feel like it's not that they're not proud i think it's just that's what the customers expect because they are serving they are serving a particular group of audience Mm -hmm. versus if you go to a very high-end japanese quote-unquote restaurant they are serving a whole different crowd you know Mm -hmm. like and you're normally the high-end Japanese sushi restaurants. There's no such thing as rolls. Yeah. You, you can't get California rolls. You can't get any of the rolls. Spider, it's, Philadelphia. Yeah, none of that exists. It's completely sushi, sashimi, straight up, nothing else. And they will let you know, like, we don't serve rolls here. You mm-hmm. know? So, and then I think Which that's the a, difference. It's a little... facetious. That's a too difficult of a word for us. Uh, so we're going to go with a, a something simpler. Uh, it, it's a, a little rude and presumptuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word. That um, we don't know how to appreciate. Yeah, like yeah. that they... Some restaurants are upfront about this and will say like, no, we flat out do not do this, this, and this. Uh, and they will turn away customers. Because those customers, they might have wanted to learn about mm-hmm. it and they might have just gone turned away at that point in time without any interaction. Right. And sure, maybe as a restaurant, you don't want to deal with those kind of people. I get it. But like most of the people are not bad. Let's put it that way. Um, so again, in, in terms of signs, what can you look for? Not saying that every restaurant that has the outside... Uh, inside out rolls Mm -hmm. is gonna have bad sushi i'm not um but if you want to find a sign of someone who does care you can try out one of their simple rolls and if the seaweed meets those qualifications that means they really care 
-hmm. Like that's the opposite argument that you can make for yourself. Um, And again, like really good seaweed, it costs a lot of money. Like we buy from from time to time. It's $10 for a few sheets. Yeah, it's like a 5 inch by 10 inch sheet. Mm -hmm. A 5 by 10 inch is uh, $2 a sheet, right? Yeah. So um, in that whole pack, there's only five sheets for 10 bucks. That's- but the difference is immediately noticeable. Like you put a regular pack of 100 mm-hmm. that you can buy at any supermarket nowadays next to one of these uh, and you make a, just a roll with just rice and that. One, you're not you're going to have to fight a little bit for it with mm-hmm. your bite. The other one just breaks crisp. Yeah. It, the minute your saliva meets the seaweed, it dissolves. Mm-hmm. And the experience is magical in a way. Like yeah. it really is a different amount of care that went into making that Mm -hmm. okay so that's number one number two again with the simple roll you can immediately tell is the rice warm it has been sitting out all day did they cool it off before doing anything with it um all of that you can tell you can tell the flavor when something is cold you don't taste how vinegary Mm -hmm. it is because your taste buds are going to be dimmed whereas when it's warm you really taste it um so you're going to be able to see the levels of all of that Again, you can get something like a cucumber roll. And this is my favorite test because if the cucumbers are good, chances are their fish is also good. Like, it's a super simple test. Mm, go Say what you have to say. And then okay. I want to, uh, what is the word? Repute, repute that? Refute that? Refute? I think that's the Repute? word. Repute? <laughs> Rebute. <laughs> Rebute. Um, okay, so my favorite thing uh, to get at a sushi restaurant, especially as like a dessert, is a cucumber roll. Um my favorite places, they always have the cucumber cut in such a way where you get a nice chunk of cucumber. It's not minced uh, in any way. And that means that the cucumber roll is going to be nice, crispy, fresh. You can get a fragrance of cucumber pa- paired very nicely with the vinegared uh, and salty rice. Like if you've ever put salt on cucumber, you know what that kind of can taste like. Um, yeah. Um, it goes. It's a very nice, simple thing. And I love it as like a... A dessert, especially with little sesame seeds. Sometimes they put a little plum sauce on it. Tastes good. Um, places I like less is whenever they make a roll and immediately all the cucumber has been chopped up into a mince that all of a sudden the cucumber no longer really crispy. Like it's just a stringified, uh, mushy thing. It still has the flavor of cucumber, but a lot of that is gone um that potential of what could have been mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah um some places you have to ask for it one way or another so it's not the best kind of test um but it is a good sign if it is done in a certain way mm-hmm. and cucumber rolls are known as kappa maki which are uh maki means roll and a kappa is a mythological uh beast in japan it's kind of like a turtle with a beak and a little saucer uh like a tea saucer as a as a plate head um and they live in swamps and they love cucumbers and there's this mythological creature it loves cucumbers so a cucumber roll is a kappa roll basically um so most sushi restaurants will have this like if they make any rolls this will tends to be on those little kind of cards that come from the beer companies that you see at many sushi restaurants like asahi will have like the little card with all the different fish You'll always have two kinds of rolls on it, a cucumber roll and a uh, tuna roll. Like those are the two stereotypical ones that you'll see. Um, so it's a good it's a good kind of introduction 
to a new place, if you don't know what to expect, you can kind of get that. You can see by the seaweed, you can see by the rice, and you can make decisions from there. Tuna is always safe mm-hmm. um, if you want to like be polite and order um, and dive in more. Um, but you can go from there. Okay, you want to say something. Right. So I want to dispute what you just said. Because okay. you said to know if a, a sushi place is good or if they care is by them having the cucumber roll be a whole cucumber rather than a minced cucumber. But the thing is, our favorite, favorite sushi places... Does not have good cucumber rolls. Which is so expensive. And this place, no rolls. They they will, they will are willing to make you a cucumber roll, but otherwise there's no roll. Just This is a very high-end sushi restaurant. You don't order. They give you food. They Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a chef's choice, meaning they will make anything and you will eat. That is if you want to order that. But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that at that place, which is very high end, they have the cucumber roll as minced cucumber. So I think it just all falls down on the chef's uh, style. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, sure, maybe for the most part, you can use that as a guideline. But I think at the same time, it's all based on what the chef prefers. And that's an excellent point. These are all just guidelines. Yeah. You can't do much. Right. Um, okay. In terms of other things that people use as like a taste tester to kind of see. I have one. Oh, go for it. For me is the temperature of the fish. Mm -hmm. So I like hot food. If I can help it, it has to be hot or warm, but I, and then room temperature is where I, is where I'll settle, Mm -hmm. but I do not like cold food. Mm -hmm. So at a sushi restaurant for me, if for me to like it or not is it the fish has to be warm or room temperature it cannot be straight out of the fridge where it's frozen cold yeah and those little things in front those are basically freezer fridges right but the freezer fridges but being in there sometimes it's super cold right mm-hmm. and what i notice at my favorite restaurant that i go that we go to mm-hmm. is that and you can see how much care they put into it is that they would uh before they prepare you your piece they would take that fish out of the fridge mm-hmm. and then put it on an ice bed so that it'll the ice will still keep it fresh But it will sit there for like maybe five minutes or so so that the temperature reduces to the point where by the time you eat it, it's at least room temperature. Or starting to warm up from the rice in your mouth. Exactly. Because the thing I hate the most is they serve you hot rice, but the fish is just frozen cold. (laughs) That's that's one thing that I use to judge. Mm -hmm. Um, And now to, to add to that... It's not like they take the whole filet and leave it out um, that whole time. They slice and they leave the slices out. No, just so, the slice yeah. to make your piece. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how much they care is that they, they would like be five steps ahead. And this only happens because we at this they restaurant. They know what they're going to serve you five steps from Right. At, that's because at this restaurant, it's based on chef's choice. That's one of the choices on the menu. Or you can order by plates. But we would often go by chef choice because we don't like making decisions. And because of this, they know specifically what they are going to serve you. And that's why they're able to plan ahead. So that by the time you get to that type of dish, 
it's already warmed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard also traditionally the uh, tamago or egg omelet sushi is another one that is used when you're trying out a place for the first time. You mm. don't know. You want to know like what to expect, what the mm-hmm. what the chef's uh, style is. Uh, this is assuming that all sushi restaurants are good. Mm. Um, you just want to know like, hey, what's what's your specialty? Uh, where do you show your flair um, as a sushi chef? Um, and the egg omelet is a great way to do that because every place makes it slightly different. And you can see the care that goes into how it's made um, depending on like what kind of omelet it is. Some of them are steamed. Some of them are cooked on such a low heat over a very long time, uh, little by little. And it's it's tough to really see. I'm losing my train of thought. There's a moo-moo. Sesame. Is this your spot now? You're going to sit here. Are you going to join the podcast? So, yeah. The egg omelet is a great way to kind of see the chef's personality lots of different ways to make it you can make them at home if you you make those super standard one tastes like french toast um especially warm like when you make them warm it tastes like french toast at sushi restaurants you always eat it cold because they make it the morning and you eat it later um and lynn for that reason does not like it yeah it's my least favorite she learned that when she makes it at home she really likes it yeah it's it's funny because like the the tamago sushi at a restaurant is my least favorite of everything because it's so cold and you can't warm that up and they won't warm that up. <laughs> yeah. Um so you might be wondering like what on why on earth is there like an omelet thing at the sushi restaurant? Apparently, uh the omelet is actually made with uh like chopped up shrimp or shrimp paste um or various different seafood items that the the fishmonger would also sell to the sushi chef. It's it's not made of that. It's the they use all of these like parts to make a broth out of. Yeah, and, and then, then the, broth the broth is used is used to, to make the season omelet. The omelet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So a lot of that actually goes into the process. Um. Which I didn't know, like a long time ago. Uh, I know now. Uh. And I've I've never really tasted any of that fragrance over here in the u.s so i'm sure in japan it's a very different experience um so there's that as well um one last thing i wanted to bring up so we're going back to the parasites the scary scary parasites two things that can kill them uh one a knife (laughs) no a knife actually can't uh you just make two parasites oh really oh they grow ew they grow back into ooh. yeah not Not the nicest of things. Oh. Um, but there's two ways to kill them. One, you cook it. So anytime you eat cooked fish, poultry, pork, you're cooking the parasites, basically. Um, and problem of averted. It's not really the adult parasite you're worried about. It's the little tiny eggs that you can't see. Um, so cooking is a fine way to get rid of it. Another fine way to get rid of it is a deep freeze. So to freeze it at a very, very, very cold temperature... Um, for a prolonged amount of time, so several hours, um, is a great way of, one, killing all the parasites. It's a process that's done so quickly, it also does not destroy the fish, really. Like, you don't grow any ice crystals. You're just flash freezing it, um, and then you bring it back to room temperature slowly, 
Uh, and at that point in time, the fish is more or less safe for consumption. So a lot of restaurants, especially if you're not bordering the sea, uh, will have a freezer capable of getting to these temperatures. Spoiler alert, the freezer at home, not capable of this. Um, and they will go ahead and treat their fish that way to make sure that the more exotic species that you might be eating, they're all safe for consumption as well. Because frankly, like even if you don't see parasites, there could still be parasites. So that's the easiest way to just make sure that whatever you're serving to your customers is safe. Um, and that's kind of the biggest thing that prevents you from really making sushi at home, unless you know someone or uh, a store that will sell you pre-frozen fillets uh, that have gone to that temperature. So frozen is not necessarily bad in the sushi like realm. Oftentimes they're frozen when they're shipped um, and that's not a problem. Uh, fresh, you have to be super careful of the species that you're eating that's parasite free um, or of all sorts of other things. Um, some, yeah. I don't know where I was going with the song. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> there is a favorite sushi. What is yours? Oh, like what's a piece? What's your favorite sushi? Oh, um, 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 my favorite sushi would be Thai, which is red snapper. Mm-hmm. Which and how? is, I like it because it doesn't have like a fishy smell to it mm-hmm. compared to like salmon or like uh tuna very it light has, very tender it has that smell which i can't stand so red snapper doesn't seem to have that the texture is very nice it's not rubbery it's very tender like it falls apart in your mouth and i like it both way with the ponzu sauce or with the salt and lemon yeah excellent choice but like- the, the rice has to be warm though yeah, very yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my non sushi is we go to this place where they have uh, oysters, fresh oysters. I love fresh oysters, and also scallops. It's baked scallops, but mussels. Oh, baked mussels with uh, with uh, mayo, and it's Japanese mayo, and they and bake not normal it. Japanese mayo. Like we have no idea how they make this. It is delicious, and we. Both are not crazy about mayo. It doesn't taste like mayo. It tastes like egg custard. Yeah. Yeah, and it's delicious. So that's my non-sushi thing. Yeah, yeah I'm hungry. So good. I'm starving. Um, They're already closed. <laughs> I know. I know. Are you going to ask me about mine? Oh, what is your favorite, favorite sushi? I have two. Ooh. If I'm limiting it down to two. Whatever is your podcast, you can list them all. List them all. Uh, one of them is anago, which is sea eel. Ooh. Um, depending on the place, I'm happy with all styles. Whether it is like burnt to a crisp, um, <laughs> it's delicious. You can't have it undercooked; it's a little slimy, not not great. But when it's properly uh, baked um, with the typical eel sauce, which is just teriyaki sauce, just um, sugar, yeah, sugar and soy sauce uh, and starch. Um, but eel, whether it's like crispy and like burnt to crisp, uh, type of cooked, I like it, but a really nice way of doing it, I think is they boil it. They have like a way of doing it where the whole thing just melts in your mouth and it's so fluffy. So, so good. 
Um, if you're afraid of like eel, like definitely just don't look at it. It tastes like fish. Yeah, it tastes like fish, uh, especially the cooked one. It's cooked, so like it's even less weird. Um, think of an eel as a long fish, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially these, they don't look really look like the eels that you see in TV shows. They look more like fish, especially like unagi. It does not. It's not an eel. It's a fish. I don't know why they call them eels. Mm. Yeah, weird. tastes like fish. Honestly, that was so, the so first good. thing that I learned to eat. Was that? Mm-hmm. So so good. And my second favorite is uh, saba, which is mackerel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not fresh-ish. It's preserved. Yeah, and it's not really preserved a very long. So it's basically, you take cured. Yeah, it's cured in vinegar. So you chemically cook it in salt and vinegar um like for just a few hours not not a very long time oh really yeah it's not like you get the fresh fish you cure it and then that day it's ready oh um i made it at home it, it tasted quite good i don't like anything with vinegar really so mm-hmm. yeah that that is uh <laughs> something to note this is probably closest to what original sushi used to be which is just super pervert preserved fish uh if you go back to our episode on fish sauce um you will uh remember us talking about what fish sauce is anchovies that you liquefy over time uh original sushi used to be the part the the same fish that did not get liquefied all the way (laughs) it's uh, the halfway process um and mixed with rice and stuff like that so that rice turned into sushi rice um but that rice they used to throw it away uh as like you didn't need to leave it fester with the fish so long they realized it tasted quite good as like refrigeration technology got better and all that uh and they actually were able to go and enjoy uh the rice as is and that's kind of what became the staple is just the rice not that weird gross fish thing Mm -hmm. um that was combined with it but uh this saba kind of reminds me of that original process because the whole filet is vinegared um and you get some of those undertones afterwards um, when you're eating the fish on top of rice. Mm. So I really like that, especially when they have that little like transparent yellow kelp that they put on top. Mm, that stuff is good. This is only from our favorite restaurant. Yeah. You well, don't actually see the other one. Though. The other one did it too at one point. Which the other one? Uh, Chiba. Oh, really? Yeah, they did yeah, the kelp. Chiba. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love those two. Uh, fresh mackerel also great tastes very different though because it's not drowning in vinegar mm-hmm. um i do have to say though for like i didn't start out liking sushi it's definitely an acquired taste yeah. but for those who are you know not a fan of it you it's probably because you haven't tried good sushi yet mm-hmm. so if you are adventurous enough and if your wallet can handle it find a really good japanese restaurant that do not serve rolls that um concentrates on that experience of the fresh fish Mm -hmm. and also don't choose something from the menu let the chef do it for you because tell them tell them you are new to this Mm -hmm. and they're not going to scare you with like the sea urchin and stuff like that which is a separate acquired taste right like tell them what you like and don't like but let them handle the food because the experience will blow you away mm-hmm. and that is how i learned to eat sushi and it took seven years of knowing dimitri 
Actually, it wasn't until I would say two years ago that I became very open-minded and we found this restaurant and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat everything that they serve me. And from that day... It's awkward to say no to a stranger too. That helps. Also, you don't go to a high-end restaurant and to say no because they're still going to charge you. Mm-hmm. So try that out. It's going to be the best experience you ever had. Yeah. That's my two cents. Because that's all I have left after sushi. <laughs> Just kidding. I think this may have become our longest episode yet. Because sushi is the best. And Mumu kept distracting us. Hashtag sushi. Hashtag fresh fish. Hashtag sushi rice. Vinegar rice. Hashtag I'm hungry. <laughs> Hashtag can you tell we've been watching The Circle? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. How does the fish say bye? She wants to go out the window, but it's closed. So cute. It's a microphone. Oh, yeah, eat the microphone. Sesame, sit. Sesame, sit. Sit. Sesame, sleep. Sesame, sleep. Sleep. Good girl. Mm. Good job. the keyboard. We are distracted by sesame, causing chaos. On the recording desk. In the recording studio. Sesame sleep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the thing is, if we shut her out and close the door, she would then meow at the door. But if she gets bored on her own, then we're good. Hey, Sesame. Can you go find Keaton? Go find Keaton. Go. Go play with your sister. <laughs>